Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What we end up seeing here is the perfect will of God becomes the permissive will of God. God's best that he always wants for us is to simply do what God says, when he says, and how he says it. But in this case, this is going to be second best. Moses missed God's best. Now what's he has to settle for? Second best. Permissive will of God is where God allows a person to make a choice that's not God's first choice. The outcome is always going to be that that person will suffer the consequences. The way that God used Moses to free the Israelites from slavery to the Egyptians was amazing. It's even more remarkable when you realize that the way Moses was used wasn't the way God wanted to use Moses. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, you'll find out that God originally planned to use Moses alone. Aaron wasn't to be involved. But because of Moses' disbelief and fear, God allowed Aaron to act as Moses' mouthpiece to Pharaoh. You'll hear about how you can prevent God's best for your life. You'll also find out how to find yourself right where God wants you to be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 3 as he continues his message. God says, I am the great I am. The New Testament, Corinthians, tells us these are here for us to learn by. And we laugh because we're just like them. But God, that's not enough. What do you mean it's not enough? I've chosen you. Here's what you're going to do. There's going to be spiritual warfare. I'm going to raise up. I'll defeat the king. The people are going to be freed. You're going to have a plunder with you and go. Next question. He says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? And say, the Lord did not appear to you. So what's this excuse for Moses? Write it down. Moses says this, I have no authority. Now we're going to see when you get to the Matthew, just before we get the Great Commission, Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. And we get his authority as we go out. That's how we cast demons out. That's how Paul cast a demon out, in the authority of the name of Jesus. So Moses says, really that what he's saying is, I fear rejection and I fear failure. Now, isn't this interesting? Moses is 80, so maybe you have to give him a little bit of Alzheimer's, okay? Bad memory. Do you know God has already answered this what if question? Notice this question. Look at verse 1. What if they do not believe me or listen to me? Just flip back to Exodus 3.18 and read it to yourself. Just flip back there quickly. What does God say that's going to happen? What's Exodus 3.18 say? The elders of Israel will what? So what does verse 4.1 say? 
What if they do not believe me or listen to me? Hello. Ever been there? Yes, you have. Poor memory. Now, here's the issue. It isn't poor memory. What's Moses doing? He's doubting God's word. Satan loves to get us to doubt God's word. We come to a promise of God and say, that that won't work. When people have a really difficult lifestyle or they're prodigals and they go away and they do just do so much stuff or as Christians, we blow it and blow it and blow it. The enemy loves to say to those people when we give an altar call, when God says to them, come on back, love to give you a new start. The enemy says to them, no, 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 don't, don't you believe that. God isn't going to give you. No, you sin way too much. Your lifestyle, you've made God look terrible. God isn't going to forgive you. See, Satan loves for us to doubt the word. So not just in that case, but for you and I, when God says, okay, go. If I don't go, what am I doing? I'm doubting God's word. And God is his word. So I'm doubting the all-knowing God when I disobey. That's exactly what Moses is doing. Are any of you here, even as I'm speaking this, you've been doubting what God is calling you to do, saying for you to do. Don't doubt it. He will never leave you, forsake you. If he says to go, he'll equip you to go. You will be successful. You will be able to accomplish what he wants. Well, it's interesting to me that God doesn't spend a lot of time. He just says, I'll prove it. Look at verse 2. And the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? A staff, he replied. You know, that would have been a shepherd, uh, shepherd's staff. Walked with it, guided it, helped the sheep, killed animals, snakes, all kind of other things. It was simply a piece of wood. Piece of wood. Didn't have any life in it. Did Moses know this staff well? How long has he been in the desert? <laughs> 40 years. He like knew every little nuance of that thing. What was God saying? What do you have to offer me? What talent do you have to complete the call I've given you? It's a good question to ask you. It's a good question to ask me. God's given all of us talents. What's in your hand? So, Pastor Mike, I don't really have anything to offer God. No, that's wrong. In Matthew 25, we have the parable of the talents. Everyone had something to offer because God had given them something. One, five talents. One, two talents. One, one talent. There was no one in the parable with no talents. Pastor Mark, I'm the one with no talent. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> Every single one of us. You say, well, what do you mean by this talent? Why is he saying this? Because this is one of our five C's. I want you to think about this. This is the same principle in the Old Testament as the New Testament. We learn here in our five C's, one of those is to contribute my time, my passion, my talents, and my possessions, including my money. So what do you have in your hand? You have all of those things. You have talent, you have ability, you have possessions. You certainly have time. Pastor Mark, I don't have any time. Yes, you do. We make time for what's important in our life, period. 
You don't have to argue with me. That's just a statement of the absolute truth. We will make time for what's important. So we have time. So he says to Moses, what do you have? And he's basically going to say to Moses, what you have without me is really not going to get you. That staff? <laughs> it's not going to But think what that staff's going to do later. When the seas parted, what happens with the staff? Think of it. Just the staff. So God's saying to you and I the same thing. Make sure you have something. You can do things and God's going to make it extraordinary because it's God's touch. So the Lord says to him in verse 3, throw it on the ground. Do you ever wonder how he threw it on the ground? Just like dropped it? (laughs) I don't know. Moses threw it on the ground and became a snake. Now I know how he felt. And what did he do? Now you have to think about this. Put yourself back in the story. When Moses came across the bush, and it was on fire, and it began to talk to him, what did Moses have to do? Had to take his what? Had to take his shoes off, because it was what? Holy ground. Now, we know what the sand's like. Hot and rocks. Now, read that again. Take a look. What did he do when the snake came? He ran without his shoes. He did a Holy Ghost dance is what he did as he ran without his shoes. Burn himself. Then verse 4, then the Lord said to him, hey, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. What's the worst way to pick up a snake? I think the worst way to pick up a snake is any way to pick up a snake. How many agree with that? Amen. Well, that's absolutely the worst way. Can you hear Moses going, I don't receive that. That is not from God. (laughs) So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. See, we read that and go, wow, neat miracle. No, that's the God you serve. That's the God I serve. That's the God that lives in us. You see, we need to be excited to obey God and then just be amazed at what he can do. God wants to do amazing things through us for his honor. First of all, how can how you take something that has no life, it turns into a snake, you grab hold of it by faith, you had to, notice Moses had to do that. Initially, he runs from it, he comes back. God will use you if you just reach out and touch him. Look at verse five. This said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. This is proof. Then the Lord said, he knew that wouldn't be enough, put your hand inside your cloak. Suppose Moses put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, it was leprous, like snow. Now put it back into your cloak. He said, so Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Verse 8, then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first miraculous sign, they may believe the second. What was the second sign? It showed God's power to heal any disease. Again, a sign of the power of God. 
God can take something that has no life and make it life. God can take something that needs to be healed and heal. Later, we're going to see one of the names of God is, I'm the God that heals you. Same principle. The God to whatever you need is here and he's active. Verse 9. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile, pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. This third sign would be another miraculous ability to take water and turn it into blood. Now remember, the Egyptians regarded the Nile River as a source, as kind of like a god, a source of their life and productivity. So what was Moses doing that God was saying? Moses was showing the people that God had the power over the Nile and that God had given Moses the ability to overcome their gods any way at all. So really, here's what he was saying to Moses, and I want you to write it down. Moses, Mark, obey me and have no fear. So he says, I know you're filled with excuses, but you can believe me. By the way, later, Moses performed these three miracles before the Israelites, as God predicted, and the people did believe him. So that should have encouraged Moses as he's moving through this sequence of all of these plagues. Now look at verse 10. And Moses said to the Lord, I'm ready now. You already know better than that, don't you? Oh, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The wording simply means this. I'm not a man of words. I'm dull of mouth and dull of tongue. I don't have that ability to do this or that. Now, when we started this little passage in Exodus, we read a series from Stephen in the book of Acts chapter 7. Gave a summary of what Moses' life was like. I want you to see, you don't need to turn there, but I want you to see what Stephen says about Moses. Acts 7.22. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful (laughs) in speech and action. Isn't it amazing? Think about that. Moses, I, I'm, I'm no good with speech. I'm slow with speech. I'm dull. And yeah, get me. What was he? He was known to be powerful in speech and action. Well, Stephen says it exactly right. He was eloquent. But Moses says no. And God says to Moses, Moses, you're right. I only use people who are gifted speakers. You're not sorry. Well, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 just for a second, and we'll be back. 1 Corinthians, New Testament. About five or six books in. 1 Corinthians. And I want you to see something. God wasn't after a man that could be first or second place on The Voice. He wasn't after a celebrity. He can use whatever, but watch what Paul says In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. I will read it to you out of the New Living Translation. Here's Paul speaking. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, 
I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. See, it was never about I. Paul said, the gospel is powerful. I'm not powerful. I'm not eloquent, gifted. In fact, many people say that Paul was short and really wasn't very much to look at and just didn't have any kind of a presence. Didn't matter. That's what Paul says. I didn't come to you. Now, he was brilliant, but he said, I didn't come with fancy words. I didn't rely on my background. I didn't rely on my education. That's a difficulty for all of us. Sometimes when we get educated, we kind of like, well, those of you that aren't educated, but you're super, super, super talented, you rely on that. Those of us that have all this education, we kind of rely on that. Well, I've been doing this for all these years. I'm really good. God says, I'm not interested in either one of those things. Without me, you're nothing. So Paul says, I didn't come to you trying to impress you with my speech. I try to say to the pastors quite often in our, every Wednesday we have a quiet time where we talk about teaching and whatever for about an hour. And and I always remind them, it's never about us. So what God's trying to say to Moses is, Moses, I'm not interested in talented people per se. I'm not interested in gifted people per se. I'm interested in somebody that's available and will just simply obey me. And then I'll do through you what you couldn't have done on your own. So Moses is making a lousy excuse. Let's go back to Exodus 4.11. God kind of now is getting, have you ever heard the word fed up? That's kind of what he's getting. And the Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Okay, we already know the answer to that. He gave everything. Who made him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Verse 12. Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. See, Moses misses the principle of those three miracles totally. God says, if I can turn your staff into a snake back again, I can cause and cure leprosy. I can turn water into blood and back. I can certainly enable you to speak my words with power and effectiveness. So God says to Moses, kind of the way I would do it, Hello, Moses, look at your mouth. Who made it? You think your mouth is only for kissing or eating? No, your mouth was made for excuses. That's why I made it. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Verse 13. Now, finally, Moses is going to get it. Except what's the first word? But. But Moses said, oh, Lord. Please send someone else to do it. Now, why did Moses say that? Because he's out of excuses. But here's the real problem. Here's what I want you to write. The real reason for this whole sequence that we've gone through, Moses was available, but Moses was not willing. He was not willing to obey God. He was not willing to trust God's word. He was not willing to take a step of faith and simply trust the great I am. God cared about Israel's deliverance, but Moses cared about himself and not the mission to free the millions of Israelites.
Verse 14, and the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, well, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you. And his heart will be glad when he sees you. Now, God is long-suffering. He is patient. But there is a place where he goes, okay. Now, here's something you need to understand. And you can write it right by verse 14. What we end up seeing here is the perfect will of God becomes the permissive will of God. God's best that he always wants for us is to simply do what God says, when he says, and how he says it. But in this case, this is going to be second best. Moses missed God's best. Now what's he has to settle for? Second best. Permissive will of God is where God allows a person to make a choice that's not God's first choice. The outcome is always going to be that that person will suffer the consequences. You know what happened later. Aaron would be a help to Moses, but later on, a great source of frustration and hindrance. Remember what a problem Lot was to Abraham. was not God's will. Caused a big problem later. So I want to say to you, by the way, later Moses will speak powerfully to God. Later, Moses and God will finally get together and do what he asks. But I just want to say this to you as we end. Take a step of faith and simply obey the great I am. When you take a step of faith, that is always the will of God. That's the perfect will of God for you and me. How do I know that? Because the book of Hebrews says this, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now, notice how God is so patient with our excuses. I have them too. And the time to have those is to question God. You sure, God? You sure got the right guy? It's okay. It's a little stupid to question the God who knows everything, but you know how it is. But once you get through those excuses, cut it out. The sooner you can just say, okay, God, is that really you? (laughs) Are you sure that's really you? Then simply do what? Take a step of faith and obey the great I am. So let me go back and ask you to stop just for a moment. And I want to read those two definitions to you again. And I want you to think where you're at. The situations you're in. Here's what he says. Moses, I am all that is necessary as any occasion arises. What occasion comes to your mind now? What situation comes to your mind now? Whether it's that healing or the financial thing or a relationship thing or just your spiritual walk with God, what comes to your mind? I am all that's necessary as any occasion arises. The Almighty God, the creator, the sustainer, the life giver, the caretaker, the purpose giver of your life. And then he says this, I am God who is present and active. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about the benefit the Bible has for your life. He taught about Moses' experience getting to know God and God's plan for his life. You were also reminded that God's not looking for you to be impressive to do his work. Pastor Mark talked about the importance of you being available to God and being willing to obey him. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. 
feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's message, God Says I Am, The Great I Am. Next time, he'll begin a new message called Bread of Life. You'll be hearing about Jesus' claims to the Jews to be God in the same way that Jehovah is God. Pastor Mark will be talking about the attitude of most of the people at Jesus' time and how they really didn't understand what Jesus was all about. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a herd